Salvation Now podcast, where you'll discover and be equipped with keys from the Word of God that will pave the way to God's unlimited blessing in your life. Now, here's your host, Evangelist T.J. Malkanji. The wonders of God's Word. What does God's Word carry within itself? You know, just like a Zika mosquito, when they had the Zika scare a couple of years back, just like Zika mosquito carries Zika parasite in it, it carries Zika virus in it, the Word of God carries power. Except the difference is it's not a destructive power for the children of God. It's not a virus that kills. The Word of God carries within itself inerrant the inerrant capacity of God's power, of God's strength, of God's magnificence. Now, just knowing that is good. However, there's more to it than just, well, the word of God is power, amen? You can find out what that power does for you, what that power means for you, what that power uh, can make your life, how that power can transform your life so that you have to pinch yourself and find out whether these things are really so or am I dreaming? Just like Peter gets broken out of jail and the Bible says when he gets to the house where they had been praying for Peter, they had a, a little girl come up and answer the door, heard Peter's voice. Peter's voice goes back and tells the crowd, Peter, we've been praying for Peter. God finally delivered him. But the people end up saying, oh, you're dreaming. This must be a dream. And Peter himself, when he got broken out of jail, had to pinch himself. And he says, now I know that what was done by the angel is real and that I wasn't seeing a vision. Well, God's word can create can create the reality that you've only dreamed of. God's word can supernaturally frame your world by the power that it carries. I want you to turn with me to Psalm chapter 19. Or Psalm 19, there's not really chapters in Psalms. Psalm 19, that's right, Valerie. Share the broadcast if you're just joining me now. Hey, Diane and Rod on YouTube. Bless you guys. Jamie from Alberta. Bridget sharing from Florida. Patty, share the broadcast. It's going to be a powerful one. Psalm 19 and verse 7. This is what the Bible says about itself. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimonies of the Lord are sure. Now that word converting means restoring, restoring the soul. You know what that means? When you got saved, your spirit man was recreated in God's image. Your spirit man carries God's very own life in it. But your soul has to be like, has to catch up to your spirit man. That's why Paul said in Romans 12 too, that we are not conformed to the patterns of this world. We're not drawn in by the culture of this world. We have our own culture now, kingdom culture. And the manual of that culture is the word of God. And we are renewed and transformed by the renewing of our soul. The renewing of our psyche. The actual Greek says the, the renewal of our, of our minds after the word of God. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians that we have not so learned Christ. If, if indeed you have learned Christ, for the truth is in Christ. 
that you have put off the old man. Put off, that's not uh, just talking about your old sinful nature. That's talking about your old sinful mind, the, your old way of thinking, the old patterns of thoughts that you had developed over your life. You are to put off your old man, put off the old psyche, the old solical draw because the bible says in romans 8 14 those who are led not by the soul those who are led not by the mind those who are led by the spirit of god these are the sons of god as newborn as 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 born again believers the bible says we are to desire sincerely the pure milk of the word so that we may grow thereby the word and the spirit work hand in hand so when you when you dive into the word of God, the mysteries of the word, you begin to be led by the spirit of God. And the Bible says one of the testimonies or one of the things that witness to you being actually born again. And it's not just you made a confession at an altar, but you're truly born again is the fact that you are led by the spirit of God and God's spirit leads by God's word. So the Bible says the law of the Lord. One of the things God's word does is it restores your soul. The testimonies of the Lord are sure. They make wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord are pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. And I want to skip to verse 10. More to be desired is the word than gold. More to be desired is the word than gold. That, you know, there's so many people that they're trying to chase after some human interaction, some human connection, some human networking base. They're trying to find who can like elevate me, who's going to be, which shoulders can I jump on to get to the place that I want to get to. And they're all, the Bible says, Jeremiah 17, cursed is the man who looks unto man, who trusts in man who makes man his strength. When you look to men, you are settling for frustration. When you look to men, you're settling for stagnation because man's help is very limited. The Bible says, in the day that man dies, his help goes with him. The moment the person you're trying to connect with dies, that person's resources, that person's help, that person's helping hand, everything he would have done for you, his promises, his word is no more good because he's God. So even if, you know, if he had children and they don't, they never really agreed with him helping you in the first place, the moment he dies, his children, even if they have the resources of their father, they won't help you. But the good news is, is that the, that God, the Bible says, says in Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie, nor is he the son of man that he should change his mind. Hath he not spoken a thing and will he not make good on it? Hath he not declared a thing and will he not bring it to pass? God is not like man. Man is like an old garment, the book of, of Psalms says. One day man dies, that garment is folded away and it's never to be remembered again. The Bible says you'll look for his place. Indeed, you'll find it no more. But God's years have no end. His years have no end. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So if God's years never never end, his life is eternal. That means you can bank on it. And then you can read the scriptures. God is very is a stranger to failure god is a stranger to failure the bible says of daniel when he took a stand for god and the the king incited by some of his governors threw daniel into prison do you remember what happened 
The Bible says the next day, Nebuchadnezzar came out and shouted out, Hath your God whom you serve able, has he been able to deliver you from the, the lion, the den of lions? And Daniel shouted out, The God in whom I stand and the God whom I serve and to whom I belong to, he hath shut the mounds of lions. There is no human help that could have shut the mounds of lions. That when everyone had abandoned Daniel, when every human help had been totally disconnected from Daniel, when Daniel was alone in a lion's den, God stood with him. And I tell you, when you stand on God's word, God's presence is compelled to intervene on your behalf. And the things that go around you, remember when God's presence comes in, Isaiah 43, do not fear, I have called you. Do not be dismayed, you are mine. I have redeemed you and I have called you, you are mine. When you walk through the rivers, they will not over, overflow you. When you go through the waters, they will not drown you out. When you go through the fire, the fire will not burn you, nor will you even come, in, come out like smoke. That's the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They went into the burning fiery furnace because they took a stand built on an overflow of the word of God that had come into their heart. That if you stand for God, God will stand for you and when God stands for you the Bible says the Lord rises and all his enemies are scattered and anything that becomes an enemy of yours is an enemy of God's because Isaiah says I will contend I will rise and contend with the one who contends against you that means anything that sets itself against you anything that aligns itself against you any weapon that is formed against you God has already made a plan to see to it that it it doesn't prosper and not only that not only does it doesn't that it doesn't prosper look at the stories of scripture not only did what the enemy plot for the children of God not come to pass but it backfired and the word of the Lord so grew and prevailed and what the enemy intended for evil God ended up blessing his children because when God has stamped his blessing on your life there's nothing that can reverse it there's nothing that can revoke it God's blessing cannot be revoked whom the Lord has blessed no man can curse and I know today if you're in Christ you are blessed because Ephesians 1 3 says thanks be unto the father who hath blessed us I'm not I'm not striving for a blessing I'm not reaching for a blessing the road to Calvary that Jesus marched on with that cross on his back when he took stripes on his back when he took piercings in his hand that road led to my blessing when Jesus died and rose again Acts chapter 3 Peter and John said God sent Jesus first to you to bless you when Jesus died and rose again that sealed the blessing the Bible says we have been sealed by the Holy Spirit whom we have as a guarantee for the prize and purchase uh, and possession we have been sealed I have the seal of God's blessing on my life that's why Paul can confidently say that I bear in my body the mark of the Lord Jesus Christ that word mark is literally seal I bear in my body the seal of the Lord Jesus Christ and then he goes on to say therefore let no man trouble me henceforth when you bear the seal of God's blessing no man can trouble you from henceforth because the moment you cry out from his word God said I'm not going to ignore your cry as a father has pity and compassion on his child so the Lord 
Just like when my son lifts up his hands and I don't ignore him. Man, I could be doing anything. I could be doing this broadcast right now. And if he came into the room and lifted his hands, I'd have to stop it and lift him up because it's just super cute. Well, in the same vein, God doesn't think you're cute, but God loves you. And God, God has compassion for you. And the moment you lift up your hands, the moment you begin to lift up his word and put him in remembrance from his word, God doesn't send an angel. God doesn't outsource his work and contract someone else. God himself steps in and the fire that's been sent to burn you up will have to be converted to an air conditioning unit from today. I see you coming out of that done day engine today i see you coming out of that lion's den today i see you by the faith of god subduing the kingdom of hell around you i see your children coming home from broken from from broken hearts i see your children coming home bound by the devil and now set free into the glorious liberty of god i see your your business flourishing i see everything the enemy meant to bring to an, into a famine turning around and flourishing in its stead in the name of jesus christ in the name of Jesus Christ, the law of the Lord. Moreover, by keeping them, your servant is warned. And in keeping your word, there is great reward. By faith, we understand that the world, the Bible says, by faith, in uh, Hebrews eleven six, 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That God is and that He's a rewarder. God's Word, when heeded to, when applied in life, produces great results. And I'm going to go through seven things the Word of God does in your life. You see, the problem you're facing now is not a big devil. The problem that you're encountering now is not a, 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 a high-level demon that's really trying to seek... To, to, to just wipe you out. The problem you're facing right now is honestly is ignorance because the Bible says that the entrance of God's word brings light. And that light, John 1, 5, the light shines in darkness. The problem you're seeing right now is caused by darkness. But we are not vulnerable to God, darkness. We are not... Um, we're not totally armless or defenseless against the powers of darkness. The Bible says that the entrance of his word brings light and that light shines in darkness and the darkness can't comprehend it. The darkness can't do anything about it. The moment you, sw you switch on a light, in, in anywhere you're at, you, you go home, you turn on the lights, you go into a stadium, you turn on the lights, wherever you're at. The moment you turn on those lights, the darkness has no choice but to evade, to evacuate. Because light dominates darkness anywhere. And the dominion of light over darkness is instant and it's unquestionable. That's why the Bible says the devil does not comprehend it, nor can he do anything about it. That's why he has to resort to mocking the power of God and get you to not believe the word of God that was what got Adam and Eve in problem in trouble they were in the garden the, the devil couldn't do anything to them they were clothed in God's glory but what did he do he deceived them the devil has no power to lay sickness on you the only power he has is to get you to believe that sickness can come to you but the moment you start to see in the word of God that God blesses his children and he said Allah I've already stated I will keep sickness out of the midst of you then you now have a 
shield of faith that extinguishes the fiery darts of sickness anytime they try and come around you. Can you say amen? So you have to understand that every there is no mountain in any man's life. Every man's, every man's mountain is his own ignorance to the word of God. The moment revelation comes from his word, the moment you see, that's why Psalm 13 says, Lord, enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. How does God enlighten your eyes? How do, you know, they say it these days, well, he's woke, he's woke. Well, in the same vein, you can come woke to the word of God. When God enlightens your eyes to a specific scripture and he quickens that into your spirit. And now it's not just you quoting something without you know, any expectation, but now you have an understanding of what that word means for you and for your situation. You know, there's nothing you're going through right now that God's word doesn't have a solution to break you free from it. There is nothing you are going through right now that God's word doesn't carry the solution to break you free from that thing. There's nothing, there's no problem. There's nothing the enemy can conceive. There's no blueprint hell can draw up that can successfully wipe you out when the the word of God is in operation in your life because I want to read this actually this is something I caught on to last month and if you're just tuning in now please share the broadcast let me get this word out to as many people as possible because this is not just going to be this is not going to be a broadcast that just breaks you out today this is going to be a broadcast that guarantees that you're strong in the Lord from this day forward, that you commend yourself to the word and to the ministry of his word, which is able to build you up so that the next time the devil tries to attack, because the devil's going to try and attack. The devil's not going to stop trying. The Bible says we are in, we are in a fight, fight the good fight of faith. Well, how do you fight the good fight of faith? Through an abundance of the word of God stored up in your heart. If you don't have an abundance of the word, which the Bible says, with the heart man believes, so faith begins in the heart. If you don't have an abundance of the word in your heart, if you don't carry an addiction to God's word, a total obsession with the word of the Lord, then you're going to be vulnerable in the fight of life. But when you carry, when you're equipped, when you're equipped with the sword of the spirit, you go to war without a gun, you're going to get hurt. You go to war back in the day without a sword, you are vulnerable to be killed. But when you carry the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith, which both have their source and their source of strength in the word of God, then you have a system set up where the next time the devil tries to knock on your door, the next time the devil tries to peep and rear his ugly head in your life, and try and mess things up you're not defenseless you now have weapons of warfare by which you can cast down the attack of the devil on your life and establish God's system God's blessing and God's riches and honor in your life so this broadcast is not just going to break you out this broadcast I believe is going to impart into you an, an infection. You're going to be infected with a love of God's word. That just like David said in Psalm 119, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Thy through thy word have made me stronger than my enemies. The way you get stronger than your enemies. You have enemies around you. Sickness is an enemy. Uh, marital stress is an enemy. Poverty is an enemy. There's many, disease, depression, anxiety, panic attack. Those are all enemies financial disruptions any disruption anything that seeks to make you uncomfortable is an enemy because God already said these things I have written so that in me you may have total peace and comfort so anything that tries that seeks to disrupt that in your life is an enemy of you and the Bible says that we have 
We don't, we don't have to succumb to the will of our enemies. David said, I will see my desire upon my enemies while my enemy round about me is gnashing at me with their teeth. God said, I have a table prepared for you in the presence of your enemies that you can feast while they're fighting. It's like when you have a kid that ran up to you and tried to like, you know, punch you or whatever, but you are way bigger and they're like four years old and you just put your hand right on their head and they're trying their hardest to try and go, but their arm reach is not long enough well that's what the bible says god will make you to feast on his goodness in the presence of your enemies that no matter how hard they try and punch no matter how far they try and reach no matter what they try and do you have a position in royalty where you're too far up for him to even affect your mood and be uh, and, and and have him dictate your emotions you know the devil should not be able to dictate the way you feel on a daily basis. The devil should not, you shouldn't give him a foothold where he's allowed to make you feel certain things on certain days. There shouldn't be day on Monday, you know, another tough week. The Bible says, every day, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Psalm, chapter, uh, Psalm 4 says, you, God has put joy and gladness in my heart more than in the day that our grain and wine increase. Meaning, irrespective of my situation around me, God puts joy and gladness in my heart no matter what the enemy's trying to do around me. That's, what Jesus, that's why Jesus was able to sleep in the stern of the boat while there was a storm around him. The, the disciples who were still soul-led people, they panic. They had to run around like chickens without their heads, scratching their head, wondering how they're going to break free from this one but Jesus was asleep in the storm why because when you get the word of God in your heart and Jesus had already said let us go over to the other side when God's word gets into your heart that you're gonna make it to the other side it doesn't matter how hot the enemy tries to burn this furnace around you you're gonna make it because Isaiah three ten says say unto the righteous all will be well with them hallelujah so what are seven things the Word of God does? Number one, the Word of God heals. The Word of God heals. The Word of God carries within itself the healing power of God. How do we know that? Well, Psalm 107.20 says, He sent forth His Word, and His Word healed them, and delivered them out of all their trouble. He sent forth His Word, and His Word healed them within the word of God carries the capacity to break you free no matter the pestilence no matter the disease no matter the ailment the infirmity the weakness you're feeling in your body today the word of God when received into your heart blasts out stage 4 cancer blasts out Type 1, type 2 diabetes. Blasts out multiple cirrhosis. Blasts out fibromyalgia. There's, not, there's no sickness that can stand the fire of God's word. I want you to get something in your heart today. Psalm 138 verse 2 says, You honor your word above your name. And John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. God and His Word are one. That's why, you know, if God's Word wasn't good, then you can know He wasn't good. And if God wasn't good, then you know His Word wasn't good. That's why you can, you know, you have people in your life that they've promised you things in the past, but, you know, they're not reliable people. So their Word isn't good. And so the next time they, they promise to do something, 
Or they promise a friend of yours to do something and that friend tells you, well, so-and-so promised me that he'll get this done by the end of the week. You can tell that person, well, he's not, his word is no good because he's not reliable himself because your word is tied to your integrity. Your word is tied to your character. So if your character is off, if your integrity or maybe your ability to perform is off, then your word is no good. But the thing with God is that the Bible says in Jeremiah 32, 17, Thou, Lord, art the God of all flesh. Thou hast made all things by thy great power and outstretched arm, and there's nothing too difficult for you. There's nothing too hard for God. There's nothing that's impossible with God. So that deals with God's ability. So we can know that God, if God's able to do it, then his word is able to do it. But even if God was able to do it, but he doesn't have integrity, he doesn't, you know, he's not reliable. If God was not reliable, if he was shaky, you know, some days he's on, you know, that's how the Quran paints Allah as. Allah some days is happy and Allah some days is very angry. You can never know what day you're catching him on. So you better, you best stay out of his way. That's how they're taught. But in the Bible, the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy at his right hand pleasures forevermore. The Bible says no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Not only does God have the ability to bring you good things, but he already said I'm willing to do it and I've said that no good thing will I withhold. I'm not going to hold back the things I've already promised I'd give unto your hand. That's why the Bible says the young lions suffer lack and hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing so even if God was able but he was not willing it, we'd have a hard time believing his word because we wouldn't know if this was for us but I'm here to tell you today the Bible says very clearly that God is willing Matthew chapter 8 when the leper came to Jesus and said Lord if you are willing you can make me clean he didn't tell him hey you know usually I am willing but today's a different day I, I just hope that you'll you'll understand why I'm putting you through this if you'll just stick on and get to the other side you'll understand everything Thing. you know you step back and understand what I'm doing behind the scenes in this leprosy that you have Jesus didn't do that the Bible says he felt compassion for him he stretched out his hand touched him and said I am willing be made clean be made whole and immediately the leprosy left his body and he was totally restored that's why that's how you can know Acts chapter 10 the Bible says very clearly that God does not show personal favoritism in every nation, the one who comes to him is welcome to him and welcome to his blessing, welcome to his power. So if that leper came to Jesus and Jesus didn't turn him away, then I'm here to tell you today, what, no matter your state of condition you're in right now, no matter what you're, you're struggling with today, whatever you're carrying in your body today, if you'll come to him today, his word, God didn't write this word for everyone but you. God did not write this word universally but he has exceptions every nation God does not show distinction the same Lord is rich unto all who call upon him Psalm 34 verse 5 they looked unto him his word and they were made radiant the only prerequisite to receiving from God's hand today is if you'll look to his word that's why Psalm says 
That as the, as the, the eyes of a servant look to the eyes of his master, as the eyes of a, a, a maidservant looks to the eyes of her, of her mistress, of her, of her master, so our eyes look unto you, O God, until you have mercy on our lives. But the way we look to God, God is invisible. You can't see God. If you, you, there's no man who's looking up to heaven and seeing God today. How do we look to God? We look to his word. We look to his precious promises. And the Bible says that through these promises, as we look and see into them, so it's important not just to hear the word of God, but you have to develop spiritual sight where you start to see God's word. That was what happened to, to Abraham. That's why he had a stronghold of faith. That's why he couldn't be moved. Because Abraham didn't just hear the word of the Lord. Do you remember what God told Abraham? Genesis 13, 14 and 15. God told Abraham, lift up, lift up now thine eyes. So he had received the word, but then God took him further and said, lift up now thine eyes and look northward, look eastward, look westward, look southward. Every place on which your eye, everywhere your eye can see is land that I'm giving to you. You have to see it in the word of God. I, that's why I can say boldly, I can never get sick. Because I've seen his covenant package of healing in the word of God. I've seen Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all his benefits. He heals all my diseases. I know David didn't write that. Inspired by his own good thoughts about God. David wrote that, penned it by the Holy Ghost. And the same God of Psalm 103 is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So I know he heals all my diseases. I know that God has not changed. And if God's not changed, his word hasn't changed. And the Bible says his word cannot be broken. The scripture cannot be broken. So I have confidence in that. And I have confidence now, confidence to, to express that vocally by saying, I can never get sick. Because God's word promises me that no evil will befall me, nor will any deadly sickness come near my tent. So you see that the more you store up God's word in your heart, the more bold you are in your assertions of who God is vocally. The more strong your confession is vocally. There's some people who have weak confessions. You can tell it. There's some preachers when they preach and minister, they are so weak. There's no anointing because the anointing only works when boldness is at work. Acts 14.3 And they stayed there a long while speaking boldly in the Lord. And the Lord worked with them granting signs and wonders to be done by their hand. So God worked with them as they spoke boldly in the Lord. So you have to you have to develop boldness in your heart. That's not develop. It, you know, well, he's a bold preacher. You know, wow, praise God. Look at how passionate TJ is when he preaches. This is not just accidental. This is intentional. When you study, Jeremiah said it. Thy word is like a fire shut up in my bones. It gets so in you, it becomes. You know, people say you are what you eat. Well, in the same vein, when you eat, man liveth not by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. When you eat God's word, it becomes a part of you. You become a partaker of the divine nature. And the same boldness Jesus had while he roamed the seas of the shores of Galilee, as he dealt with demonic powers, as he cast out devils, as he healed the sick, the same dominion he exercise over the devil that boldness gets in you that the next time <laughs> the next time you see depression trying to come back in the next time you, you, you start feeling a panic attack right you, you don't just stay there 
and roll over and play dead and just hope it passes by quickly, you now have a boldness to stand in the day of battle and having done all, you're still standing. And that boldness is going to come on you today in the name of Jesus Christ. So God's word carries healing power. Luke chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 8. Listen to this. If you're just tuning in now, please help me share the, the broadcast and uh, get this word out. Matthew chapter 8 verse 5. Now when Jesus had entered into Capernaum, a certain centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, dreadfully tormented and paralyzed. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion said, so Jesus said, my presence will come with you. But the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not even worthy that your presence should come, to, come under my roof. But only speak a word and my servant will be healed. Only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to this one, go, and he goes. To another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said, Assuredly, I've never found such great faith, not even in Israel. So the centurion replied, just speak the word, because he had an understanding that the word carries authority over sickness and disease. Just speak the word. And I know my servant will be healed. For I am a man under authority. You have to understand the authority the word of God carries. The Bible says he, up, he upholds all things by the power of his word. The word of God is the vehicle on which the power of God is carried from one place to another. The word of God is a vehicle that carries the power of God. To where it's needed. So that centurion understood that. So he said, you don't have to come. Just let the vehicle of your word carry your presence and power. And I know it'll do the same thing as if you yourself were standing over my servant. That's powerful. You have to see this book. That this is Jesus' representative on the earth. That when I read this, it's as if Christ was speaking directly to me. Not as if, it is Christ speaking directly to me. That when I pick up this Bible, I'm carrying God's voice and God's opinion about me, God's desires for me, and God's covenant with me. E.W. Kenyon used to say, actually I have the book right here, I'm going to read it because... It's a powerful revelation. Our attitude towards the word determines the place that it holds in our daily life. The word was so designed by the Father that it takes Jesus' place in his absence. So God's word was designed to take Jesus' place in his physical absence. That's why he said, I have many things to tell you, you can't bear them now. But when the spirit of truth shall come, he will guide you into all truth. And the truth is, is that the word of God carries the capacity to heal, to cure, and to recreate. You remember when God spoke the world into existence? How did he create man? He formed him and he breathed in him the breath of life. 
So the, the breath of life, God's very own nature was breathed into Adam, Adam and man became a living being. Well, I want you to recognize 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 says that all scripture is the same. God breathed, Ruach, the same breath God used into creating Adam is the same breath God used into, nodding, into um, writing down his word. So the same life that was carried into Adam's being that made him spring to life, that created... You notice that the Bible doesn't say God made organs in Adam, God fashioned his heart, God made his... No, it was God's very own life breathed into him that did all those things and it gave life to all his organs. So if the life that was brought from the breath of God at the origin of creation had the power to create the organs in Adam's body, then how much... I mean, has it changed? It's the same life in the Word of God. All Scripture is God-breathed. That when you receive the breath of God from the Word of God, if there's an organ that's been damaged, God can cure it. If there's an organ that's been removed, God can regenerate it and recreate it. I'm praying right now, for you watching right now, whatever has gone wrong in your physical body, whatever organ has like malfunction, it's like backfired, you were born that way. It's never worked well. Your pancreas, you, you were born diabetic. Your pancreas doesn't produce what it needs to produce. Maybe it's your lungs. Your lungs don't, you're, you, have, uh, you were born with COPD. We're in, aren't able to breathe properly. Have a difficulty breathing. Maybe you were born with asthma. Maybe you were born with allergies. I'm here to tell you in the name of Jesus Christ. He sent forth his word and it did heal. That word is getting into your body right now. And every form of sickness gets blasted out in the name of Jesus Christ. If you believe that for yourself, just write amen in the comment section. Number two, we'll take it a step further and say the word of God carries or provides health and vitality. So not only will God's word heal you when you're sick. Proverbs 4 says that God's word will actually give you supernatural health and strength. Proverbs 4.20 My son, give attention to my words and incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life unto them that find it and health to all their flesh. They are life Keep my word in the midst of your heart. Let it ever be before your eyes. That's something that's pretty much forgotten in our generation. We have Facebook before our eyes. We Netflix binge and, and watch all kinds of stuff that aren't beneficial to our lives. But the Bible says, and that's honestly like a plot of the enemy to get us distracted from the word of God. But David said, I rejoice at thy law as one who's found great treasure. So there has to be a holy addiction to the Word of God. It cannot be you scan the Word, you know, here and there. Or whenever, you know, your Bible's only pretty much cracked open on Sunday when you have to go to church and you're following along with the preacher. That You're not going to... If that's the way you treat the Word, the Bible says, He who lightly esteems God's Word will be destroyed. You'll, you'll, your life will not look any different from anybody else's life. It has to be more than just a quick scan before bed. David said... My, your med the meditation of your word is what takes precedence in my life day and night. Day and night. I intake your word. Look at Jesus. Jesus at 12 years old, even though he was the word in flesh, at 12 years old, Jesus was found in the midst of the temple, sitting down, listening, and receiving the instruction from the law. De Deuteronomy 6. The Bible's very clear to say, 
that you are to lay up God's instruction in your heart, that you are to keep it ever before you, that you are to put it on your frontlets, meaning write it, let it be in your mind, that you are to tie it as phylacteries. They used to carry things tied to their robes, tied to their hands, where they had the word of God written on little scrolls where they'd open it up and meditate on it day in and day out. God said you're to keep it on the doorpost of your home. Keep it on the welcome mat as you walk into the as you walk in to your home. No matter where you look, there should be the word of God. I mean, you look at my desk, my 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 uh my study. It's it's full of scripture. It's full of books on scripture. It's full of material that'll assist me in the understanding of scripture. Because it, a casual reader will have casual results. It takes, like Job said, I have longed for thy word more than my necessary food. I have longed for thy word more than my food. I am more hungry for your word than I am for physical food. I'm more hungry for spiritual nourishment. Howard Carter or Donald G used to say, people give their spirit one cold snack a week and expect to live in victory. And they feed on their flesh Sunday through Sunday and expect to live in victory. There's some people who the only intake they have from the word is Sunday morning. And so they live lives impoverished and distanced from God. Because if you're far from God's word, God's blessing will be far from you. But if you'll do the opposite. And day in, like Jesus, Jesus spent his days meditating, preaching, teaching the word of God. Hebrews 5 says, by this time you ought to be teachers, but you're still having to lay again the foundations of the elementary principles of God. You're still at the base doctrines of the faith. You're still talking about, you know, different baptisms and stuff when God's desiring to press you on to maturity. The Bible says that's why God gave gifts to the church, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher for the edifying of the body of Christ, for the work of ministry so that we come to the unity of the faith, to the perfect knowledge of the Son of God so that we're no longer tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. We're not to be tossing to and fro. We're not to be... There's a time where you feed on the milk of the word. But there should be a time where you press on to the meat and the strong meat of God's word. There's a time where you feed off the water of the word. But there should be a time where you're intoxicated by the wine of the word where it begins to work through you. So God's word provides health and vitality. Proverbs 4.24 uh, 22 to 24, John 6, 63. These words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Spirit, meaning they carry the power of the power of God, and life, meaning they carry the nature of God. 2 Peter 1, 4, a verse that's not foreign to our broadcast. As his divine, uh, as his precious promises have given to us, the Bible says, all things that pertain to life and godliness, by which when you partake of these precious promises, you become a partaker of God's divine nature. So when you get, you're literally building up God's nature in your body, the more you feast on the word. The more you take in, the more you receive the word, God's nature is then embedded in your body. And it nourishes and strengthens your body. That's why Joel said, let the weak say, I am strong. Job 33, let me read this. This is powerful. Job 33. Thanks for joining me today. If you're just tuning in, help share the broadcast. 
and uh, bless your newsfeed. Job 33. Bible says, Man's flesh wastes away in, from his sight. His bones stick out which once were not seen. His soul draws near to the pit and his life to the executioners. So it's talking about It's, uh, it's, he's talking about a sickness ravaging the body of a certain man. His flesh wastes away from his sight. His bones stick out. It's talking about some, probably some fleshly disorder, fleshly disease, fleshly condition like leprosy or you know, whatever modern type of that that we have on the earth. His soul draws near to the pit, meaning to death, and his life to the executioners. But get this, verse 23. If there be a messenger, as an evangelist, that's what I am. I'm a messenger. I bring the good news of the gospel. If there be a mediator, one among a thousand, and another, uh, King James actually says an interpreter. So not just someone who brings, there's a lot of people who love to, you know, they preach. God's fire is going to come on the inside of you. Yeah, but what does that mean? There has to be an interpretation of that, how that pertains to me specifically. That's why we take the time to do these broadcasts. So I'm taking the time to unfold the wonders of his word, not just tell you God's word carries a solution. Well, uh, yeah, thanks. What solution? Hey, Pastor Mario, thank you very much. Frankia, yeah, thank you so much. If there be an interpreter, one among a thousand, to show man his uprightness, to show man his inheritance, to show man what God has given him, so that we're not in the dark, how many of you know God works in mysterious ways? We don't really know what He's doing. You can know what God's doing by uncovering and discovering His Word. Jesus said, to those that are outside, all things are in parables. So that seeing, they'll see, but they'll never understand. But to you, it's been granted to know the mysteries of the Word. And as you gain access into these mysteries and wonders, you start to live a, sign, a life of signs and wonders, and you start to gain mastery. God's mysteries give man mastery over the devil. God's mysteries give man mastery over the devil. To show man his uprightness. Jeremiah, what do you see? I see the branch of an almond, of an almond tree. God said, you have seen well, and now I'm going to hasten my word to perform it. But first, before God said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to work on your behalf, He said, what do you see? It's important what you see from the Word. It's important on how you perceive God. It's important on uh, what picture you have of who God is from His Word. Because the, your picture of who God is, your imagination of who God is, your perception, your perspective of who God is, will dictate your expectation of what you'll receive from His hand. And your expectation will not be cut off. What you expect, you will experience. So it's important to have an accurate, accurate picture of who God is from His Word. And what He has for you. Not only who God is, but what God has for you and who you are now in Christ. And what benefits He's laid out for you. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all His benefits. He heals my disease. He forgives my sins. He redeems my life from the pit of destruction. He crowns me with steadfast love and compassion. If there be an interpreter, one who can show man his uprightness, then God said he'll be gracious to me and deliver him from going to death, meaning he'll heal him. His flesh 
will be restored like that of a child's. And he shall return to the days of his youth. Hallelujah. When you get the word of God in you, it embeds God's strength in your natural strength, in your, in your body, your natural body. And the Bible says you'll return to the days of your youth. That's the secret behind J Joshua and Caleb. Caleb's 85 years old. But remember, Caleb had another spirit in him. Caleb wholly followed, the Bible says, the word of his God. And at 85 years old, because he had, he made it a point to dive into this book daily. He made it a point to receive God's instruction from his mouth. He made it a point to meditate on it day and night. As a result, there is a result. There was a reward for it. The strength as he sowed his youth into studying God's word and in believing and speaking it, God sowed his own strength into Caleb's life so that at 85 years old, Caleb stood up and said, hey, I'm 85 today, but I'm just as strong, if not stronger, than I was at 40 years old. Joshua, this is the mountain God's promised me. Let me climb it and possess it for myself and go to war to contend for it. I mean, you talk about 85 years old and talking that way. That's another spirit. That man's not operating by the spirit of this world. That man's not operating by uh, <laughs> what modern... Religion tells you that guy's operating by another spirit. He's got something else in his heart. He's got another spirit, and as a result, it gave him another story. Try climbing a mountain at 35 years old. It's not easy. You'll sweat hard. You'll be sore at the end of the day. And it's not like they had, you know, you go to hiking trails today. They have the trails laid out. They have, um, you know, the bushes all trimmed neatly, and you walk straight on your way. There's paths laid out. That wasn't the mountain Caleb was talking about. This was, there was no paths laid out for them, for him. There was no trails that he can take. There was no like stairways. He had to go and march on up on rocks. He had to go rock climbing pretty much at 85 years old. That's supernatural strength. That's another power. And the word of God is what infused that nature into his body. Number three, the word of God establishes your dominion. Isaiah 60. Darkness will cover the earth. Deep darkness will cover the people. But unto you, rise and shine. How do you shine? By the word of God. In your mouth. The word, my boy, I said it. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light to my path. The word of God is that shining force that shines forth from you. And where that light goes, it arrests the darkness all around you. The word of God establishes your dominion. Jesus in the wilderness, tempted of the devil, 40 days, 40 nights. And the Bible says when the devil came with a temptation, with a trial to try and get, to try and uh, assume dominion over Christ, the Bible says Jesus didn't bind him. He didn't use some like modern day Pentecostal way, just fling some oil at them and say, Satan, we bind you. No, he said, Satan, it is written. It is written. Even Jesus his dominion was not automatic it was enforced by the word of God on his mouth so the word of God establishes your dominion Bible says Jesus cast out the spirits with his word he cast out the spirits with his word do you understand you can actually create an environment around you you can generate an atmosphere where demonic networking stays clear from you you ever gone into a room 
where there was like static electricity. You know, you understand. There's some people who uh, like I'm. I'm not good with this. If you have white noise on in the background, background, or they have pink noise now, they have brown noise, they have every kind of colored noise. I don't know what the difference is, but there's different colored noise now. And you put on some white noise in the background, pink noise, whatever it is. I can't sleep in that. It irritates me. I have to come out of the room. In the same vein, the word of God is like nails on a chalkboard to the enemy. That when you fill your atmosphere, when you load your environment with the word, the enemy, it's not that you have to ask him to leave. He just bows out for free, cheaply, without you having to fling oil, without you having to, you know, get blue in the face and work up a storm as you're shaking your fist. He just bows out. Because it's like nails, it's an irritating language for, for the enemy. The word of God establishes your dominion. Number four, the word of God delivers supernatural peace and joy. Jeremiah 15, 16. The Bible says, Thy words were found and I did eat them, and they became for me the joy and gladness of my heart. Thy words were found and I ate them, and they became for me the joy and gladness of my heart. I want to read something from First Peter. First Peter chapter 1, verse 7. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now get this, verse 8. Whom, Jesus, you have not seen, yet you love. And though you don't see him now, but you see his word, you believe in his word, and as a result, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Just the word of God is God's joy bank that when you withdraw from it, you're withdrawing joy and making deposits of joy in your heart that overflows in a joy unexplainable. You know what unexplainable means? There's no way to rationally conclude why you're still happy no in spite of the things going on around you. That's joy inexpressible, joy unexplainable. It doesn't make sense that there's a river of joy, there's laughter unspeakable still bursting forth from the seams at you with, what you're, with, with what's going on around you. That's what the Word of God does. Joy and peace. The Bible says, Great peace have they that love your law, and nothing gets them to stumble. Nothing gets them to stumble. It doesn't mean there won't be things set, that the enemy tries to set in your path to get you to stumble. It just means that the great peace of God that comes on you will make it so that you never stumble out of that peace. You're secure and guaranteed in that peace. The Bible says in returning and rest, you're saved. And in quietness, in peace and confidence shall be the stability of thy days. That's why David said, I have kept the word of God ever at my right hand. As a result, I shall never be moved. I tell you, the last time the enemy successfully made you stumble will be the last time he ever does that. From today, as the word of God gets in your spirit, in your heart, that great peace will come alongside with it. And great peace which surpasses all understanding will keep your feet from every trap that the enemy will lay up for you. In Jesus' name. Supernatural joy and peace. I want to read Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. 
Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 1. My son, do not forget my law. Let your heart keep my commands. For length of days, long life, and peace will they add unto you. Length of days. Well, brother, you know, the Bible never says anywhere that God promised you long, long life. Really? Is that in the Bible? Or should we rip Proverbs out of the Bible? Should we, is it not in, inspired? Is it not inerrant? Is it infallible? Should we rip it out? Is it fallible, I mean? That God, you know, Proverbs 1, okay, we can accept that. Proverbs 2, uh, we can accept that. Proverbs 3, you know, Solomon, you know, he took too much Prozac that day. He was too happy. And uh, so he, he wrote some things he probably shouldn't have written. Did God, did God say what he mean? And did he mean what he say? Absolutely. Length of days, long life, and peace shall they add unto you. Let me move on. The word of God, number five, brings direction. Isaiah 30. Thou shalt hear a voice behind thee, saying, this is the way, walk ye therein. No matter what fork in the road you're at right now, if you'll get into the word, the word of God will produce the way out. It'll produce the right way. The way, walk ye therein in the way ye should go. The Bible says in Isaiah 48, 17, I am the Lord your God who gives thee, um, who teaches you to profit and leads you in the paths which you should go. And remember, God's paths are not rough paths. God does not lead you downwards. God does not lead you backwards. God does not lead you into um, penury or poverty. God does not lead you into unprofitable paths and, and, and pastors. God, the Bible says, teaches you to go in a way and teaches you, uh, the Bible says, leads you in the way in which you should profit. When you follow God's leading, it always leads you to profit. And God's word is how God directs his people, his children. God will never speak to you something that violates his word. And God's word will never violate his voice. His voice and his word are one. Psalm 43 and verse 3. Teach me, O Lord. Lead me by your light. By your word. Lead me by your light. Psalm 119, 133. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light to my path. Lead me, uh, let my steps be guided by your word, is what David prayed. Number six. So if you're, you know, you're, you're wondering what, what's the step to take from here. You don't know what to do. You know, when you don't know what to do, get into the word of God and it'll show you what to do. God's word's very practical. This isn't just something that we do to distract ourselves from what's really going on. This book covers every situation you're failing to you're um, failing to break free from today. That's why you can be in a service, listening to anointed preach. I can think of one place where every time I go, he might be preaching on something totally outside of what I'm like dealing with. Yet because the anointing on the word sets into an into the into the uh the church meeting the church service god is like giving me blueprints and giving me strategy now on like how to do crusades even though he's not even talking about crusades it's the same thing with the word you can catch something from the word that in one moment's time it's like the lostness you felt 
where he didn't know what to do. All of a sudden, the answer comes. The Bible says, then shall your light, your answer, break forth like the dawn. Number six, the word of God cleanses. The word of God cleanses. The Bible says, Ephesians 5.26, that you might be washed by the washing of the water of his word. So every other book informs you. The Word of God is the only book that transforms you. That takes, that rips off the impurities of your flesh. Renews your mind. Renews your thinking after the Word of God. Washes out. You know, the Bible says in John 17, Jesus prayed, Lord, sanctify them by your truth. Thy Word is truth. The Word of God sanctifies. What is sanctify? It means it, rem- it burns off the impurities, it burns off the inadequacies, it burns off the human Adamic nature and it infuses you with God's divine nature. It's the blood that released us from sin, but it's the word that cleanses us from the patterns of sin that we had developed. The blood releases you from the curse of sin and from sin itself. But the word is what cleanses. That's why the Bible says the spirit or the blood and the word and the spirit, these three are one. They work hand in hand. Ezekiel 36, 26 and 27. I will sprinkle clean water on you and so you shall be clean. Referring to the word of God. uh, David said, how can a young man keep his way clean? By keeping it according to your word. And remember, as we behold Him, as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, the Word of God, we are transformed into that same image from glory to glory. So there's a putting off of maliciousness. There's a putting off of envy, of jealousy, of dissension, of division, of hatred, of anger, of wrath. And then God's very own love nature comes in you as you absorb His Word. The Word of God cleanses you from your past thinking, from your past way of, 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 uh, of doing things. The Word of God cleanses you of your patterns of your past that kept putting you in the same ditch every single time you followed those same patterns. It brings you on a new trail, a new path in which righteousness reigns. And then number seven, and I f- finish with this. The Word of God is, the, is what structures your future. The Word of God structures your future. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by God's Word. God's Word, out of of an abundance of the heart and out of a, a bold confession of it from your mouth, will frame your future. Ezekiel 36, 37. And God brought me and sat me down in a valley full of dry bones. And indeed, they were very dry. And the Lord spoke to me, Son of man, prophesy as you are commanded. The Word of God gives us what we are to prophesy into our future. The devil does not get to decide your future. The devil might have messed around with your past, but the devil is not God. He has no ability to prophesy. You are charged with their task in prophesying your future. Son of man, prophesy 
as I speak to you. And he said, I prophesied as I was commanded. And all of a the sudden, there was a rattling. The word of God is the content that whatever you see written out in here, you know now, you have authority to prophesy that. What is prophecy? It's just saying what God has said. In its simple uh, description. Prophecy is stating God's word. It's saying what God has said. It's not foretelling the future. That's the word of wisdom. That's another gift of the spirit. People mistake prophecy for the word of wisdom. Word of wisdom is the, the word of God's hidden wisdom, which is what? It's, it, it's things to come. Things which eye has not seen, which ear has not heard. That's what, that's what prof, the, the prophet operates in. That's the gift of the spirit the prophet op, operates in. But prophecy, the gift of prophecy is for edification, for exhortation, and for comfort. And that gift operates on the word of God. So it doesn't matter what you're feeling or experiencing today. It doesn't matter if things don't seem to line up today. You can change the path of life. You can change your reality by speaking out the higher reality of the word of God. And what's God's higher reality? I'm going to give you 14 verses that if you'll get these in your spirit and declare them and prophesy them, into your future. You'll start to see things turn for you. Job 22. Lay up his word in your heart. Acquaint thyself with his word. And peace will come to you. And good will come to you. Thou shalt declare a thing. And it shall be established. So what are 14 declarations you can make? De Deuteronomy 28. And remember if it's too big for your mouth. It's too big for your hand. If it's too big for you to declare it out of your mouth then it'll be too big for your hand to possess it. It'll be too big for you to handle. I, the Bible says, open up your mouth wide and I will fill it. Wide connotes boldly. Open up your mouth wide. Open up your mouth without shame or hesitation. There's too many people who hesitate when they quote the scripture. You know, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, 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 an ounce of timidity mixed in with faith. And the Bible says... That perfect faith, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, with the absence of doubt, then you will say. So faith is a speaking faith. It's a speaking force. It's a speaking spirit. We have in the same spirit, even as they did. They believe, therefore we spoke. Even we have believed, and therefore we speak. So here are 14 things you can speak and prophesy so as to change the direction of your life. You might be going into a, you might be in a bad direction now. But James 2 says, James 3 says, that your tongue is like the rudder of a ship. Even though you might be in fierce winds now, even though you might having great waves crash and beat against your boat now, even though things might not be uh, pleasant where you're at right now, James said your tongue is like the rudder of a ship. And though these great large ships are are, are beaten by these great waves. They are turned by a rudder wherever the pilot desires. You can be certain of your future, of what tomorrow holds, by believing and speaking God's word today. You can be certain of what your tomorrow holds by believing and speaking God's word today. You don't have to leave it up to chance. 
This is not a normal book. This is a spiritual book and it is a spiritual seed. That's how God changed his reality. When he saw the world formless, without, uh, without void, and darkness over the surface of the deep, he didn't wish things to change. He didn't think things for change. He spoke, let there be light. And light came. Here are 14 things you can speak. Number one, now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe all his commandments that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. I am destined for the top. Based on Deuteronomy 28.1. I'm destined for the top in my business. I'm destined for the top in my, in my career. I'm destined for the top in my family. I'm destined for the top everywhere I go. If God can set me high above the nations, then he can set me high above uh, you know, my region. All these blessings will overtake you and come upon you. I don't go after blessings. Confession number two. Blessings locate me. Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. These are all scripture based confessions that you can make. That will structure an enviable future for you and your family. Number three. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. No matter where I'm at. I'm blessed. Doesn't matter if I'm in the bush of Africa or if I'm in New York City. That's why you see a lot of pastors and ministers and people that, you know, they start a church plant. They say, you know, it's going to be tough here because, you know, we live in a community that uh, people aren't as wealthy here. This is a, a low income area. And so they're literally lowering their expectation. First of all, why are you making your community and the low-income community the source of your finances. Doesn't matter where you're at. If you're in Africa listening to this right now, he's, he's the God of all the earth. And He is the same in Africa as He is in South America, as He is in North America, as He is in Russia, as He is in Iraq, as He is in Iran. He is the same. The Bible says, The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. It doesn't matter where you're at. Bishop Oyedepo came to a place called Ota, Nigeria, which was the like epicenter for witchcraft and was in the bush of Africa. Nothing grew there. No business thrived there. And the moment he came, now it's like, it's like a city. It, not it's like a city. It's a city. Because he came, he established his church there. He established the work of God there. And just like Obed-Edom, when the presence of God entered into Obed-Edom's house, everything began to thrive. When that church planted itself and they started to conduct Holy Ghost services, the presence of God, it just totally blew out every demonic presence and it established a thriving community so that now it's like, before it was an epicenter for witchcraft, an epicenter for, for um, poverty that dwelt there. People, nobody ever succeeded. Nobody, it's like Jesus. I mean, look at, <laughs> you want to talk about coming from a rough background. Jesus came from Nazareth. And even a man in Jesus' day, when he heard of the Messiah coming out of Nazareth, that man replied, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Let me tell you, it doesn't matter where you are right now. If God is on your side, if God's blessing comes on you, things will begin to turn for good, not only for you, but it'll overflow in the community around you. And in a place where they said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Now, that's, Nazareth is the place where we've received the, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Can you say amen? 
Blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, the offspring of your flocks. That's talk, blessed shall be the fruit of your body. That means your children. And that doesn't just stop there. Even your cattle. Even if you're a farmer, even your cattle will produce. Increase of your cattle, the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. That means your wallet, your finances. Blessed shall, uh, blessed shall you be when you come in. Blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before your face. They'll come out against you one way, but they'll be scattered seven ways. That talks about overwhelming victory everywhere you go. I mean, you just... <laughs> The Lord will command the blessing on your storehouse and all to which you set your hand to do. He'll bless, your, bless you in the land where you're going. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to Himself, just as He has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in all His ways, then you'll be a people set apart and all men will see that you're called by the name of the Lord and they'll be afraid of you. The Lord will grant you plenty of goods, the fruit of your body, the increase of your livestock, the increase of your... Of your um, of your livestock, the produce of your ground, in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you as good treasures, the heavens, to give you rain in its season, to bless all the work of your hand. You will lend to many nations, but you'll not borrow, meaning you'll not be overwhelmed by debt. God will take you out of debt and will put you in a position where you're now you're able to, bl to bless nations, not just bless people, not just bless a family, bless nations. The Lord will open up to you as good treasure. The Lord will make you the head always and never the tail. He'll make you a above always and never beneath if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God and not turn aside from the words left or right seven wonders of God's word if you're here today all these things won't work for you until you receive the word made flesh which is Jesus you have to get saved Bible says unless you're born again you can never enter into the blessings of God's kingdom so you have to be born again how do you get born again a, you have to admit that you're a sinner and you need God's help. B, believe on the gospel. And C, consecrate. Commit your life to Jesus today and confess Him as, your Lord, as Lord over your life. If you're, wherever you're watching, I want you to pray this prayer with me. If you've never made that decision, you've never sanctified your life, you've never, uh, you've never handed your life over to God. You're still living in sin. You're still living with a, a, a boyfriend. You're still living with a girlfriend. You're not, you haven't come out from the unclean thing. You need to get saved because there's a real heaven and a real hell. And heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. You don't have to go to, you don't have to work your way up to hell. You just, hell is default. You don't have to do anything. Nobody goes to hell uh, by accident. And nobody goes to heaven by accident. It's a prepared place for prepared people. So prepare yourself today. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I believe in my heart. You raised Jesus from the dead. And I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. Fill me with your spirit where I was weak. Make me strong. I repent of sin. I turn to you. Empower me to live a holy life, well-pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I'd love for you to get in contact with me. Go into salvationnow.ca. And the first link that pops up is I just got saved. Fill it out. Get it to me. I'd love to, um, I'd love to uh, get some information to you. A free Bible, free of charge, just to help you out in this new life. 
that you started with Christ. You know, if when my baby was born, I took him and threw him into a room and didn't help him out. He would have died very soon after. But what did we do? You feed him, breastfeed him, give him food, nurture him, comfort him. Well, in the same vein, I want to help you out in whatever way I can by getting to you some material, the Bible, uh, a CD that I've made to bless you. And also, if you don't go to church, attend a church this Sunday. Find a church in your area that believes in the Holy Spirit, believes in miracles, believes in God, believes the Word of God, that preaches the sincere, unperverted, unwavering Word of God and attend church. Be in church this Sunday. If you're watching right now and uh, you'd like to sow into this ministry, I'd encourage you to do so. I'd thank you in advance for doing so. You can do so by going to salvationnow.ca slash give. Stay connected with us by visiting us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching at TJ Malkanji. Or visit us online, www.salvationnow.ca. God bless you, and until next time.